Unfunny Nerd Tangent. I'm a superhero. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. Today's topic is the latest movie released by Warner Brothers and DC, Shazam. My name is Greg, aka Captain Boomerang, and I'll be your host today, shaking my magic eight balls to see if anyone wants to put their hand on my staff and say my name. And outlook, not so good. Anyway, let's get this show on the road by introducing my fellow aunt family members. Firstly, in Phoenix, Arizona, with the temperament of Jason Todd, the constitution of Aquaman, the patience of Ra's al Ghul, the wit of Elongated Man, and the hair of Darkseid, he also likes to host the seven deadly sins within his body and hurl family members through windows. He's the super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz. This movie was missing Shaquille O'Neal. I thought, I thought there was supposed to be more of that. I thought he wrapped in this. That was Kazam. Oh, uh, hey, Kazam, also uh, starring Francis Capra from Veronica Mars. I'm, oh, glad, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Stop, stop yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that voice you can hear sitting alongside Jared uh, with the decisiveness of Two-Face, the journalism skills of Iris West, and the singing voice of Man Bat. He dreams of having lunch with Superman and starting his own gentleman's club named Mary's Marvel from attackofthedad.com. He's Tim Agni. I'll put my hand on your staff, Greg. Oh, the podcast is over. <laughs> it's private time for Tim and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> the unfunniest of nerd tangents. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's I think it's pretty funny that like considering the characters' origins, two episodes ago we covered Captain Marvel and now we're talking about Shazam. So, Tim, I was just wondering like for anyone who isn't aware are you able to fill in our listeners on the whole convoluted Captain Marvel slash Shazam naming history? I know that Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel was originally not. Um, but but I don't I don't know the whole story. You might have to help me out a little bit more. Okay, right. Well, just because I know Jared doesn't know, so that's why. Yeah, I knew <laughs> yeah. that there was some convoluted history between the two. What it was, I don't know. It's okay. it's another one of these things like we talked about how many women there are across multiple comic book universes with the last name Danvers and no one can really explain why. <laughs> yeah, it seems like DC and Marvel like that's their that's their hill to die on is the whole this whole naming thing like Captain Marvel, you know, Danvers, it's like just pick some pick another name, like get over it. But anyway, it, it seems as though originally uh, Shazam as we know him today was Captain Marvel and uh, before he was uh, acquired essentially by DC Comics he was Captain Marvel and, and the Marvel family and all this kind of stuff and because the wizard's name is Shazam his name isn't Shazam so after a while though of course DC weren't doing anything with the character and and uh, Marvel Comics came along and decided to, to start calling their uh, Miss Marvel Captain Marvel and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, we, we'll do Captain Marvel again. And and uh, and uh, Marvel was pretty much like, uh, no, you won't. We <laughs> Captain Marvel is our is our uh, IP now. So um, DC had to sort of pretty much just like tinker around the fact that he, he's not he is Captain Marvel, but he isn't. So 
um, his comic book was renamed as Shazam and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the movie is Shazam. So, yeah. Every once uh, in a while, he, like, the other heroes in the Justice League will sort of address him as Captain, I feel like. You see this in the animated shows. Yeah, it's sort of, they they sort of um, tiptoe around it and sort of be like, yeah, like, his name is still Captain Marvel. It's just that no one ever really says it. So, <laughs> but that's a name even that predates Marvel Comics, right? Because because yeah. when when Stanley joined Marvel, wasn't it called Timely Comics? And yeah, it's 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 technically like they you would think DC should be allowed to uh, use it, but it's one of those weird um, uh, rights issues, I guess. Yeah. Like if you don't use it for so long, like the you know the whole uh, Fox X Men and yeah. Daredevil thing and all that sort and, of stuff. And Captain Marvel was originally Fawcett Comics before it was bought by DC Comics. There you go. And, yeah. and I was going to say Charlton, but that's not Charlton. Yeah. That's not him. It's Watchmen. And I only know that because I was reading up on some of the Easter eggs in this movie, and Fawcett is the name of Billy's high school. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's he is in uh, Fawcett City in some of the, the old comics as well. That's sort of where he lives. So it's not necessarily Philadelphia all the time. So, you know, like um, – a lot of the DC comics have obviously um, what's the word like fictional cities, like obviously Gotham city, Metropolis, uh, star city, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, whereas it's more of a Marvel thing to have everyone in New York, I think. So, well, yeah. Philadelphia is not a made up city. This movie is just set in the Rocky universe. Oh, it's not. I it's, thought it was it, made up completely. No, oh, right. Philadelphia is not a, not a real city. Like we have like, like the, that's why like a, you put cheese whiz on a cheese steak. It's not even real cheese. It's, it's it's a whole it's just part of this myth that we have in America that we perpetuate um Rand's in on the joke. Yeah, I was gonna, like, I was about to say yeah. I'm gonna tell Rand that you say his city is fake. Yeah. I was no, gonna say, yeah, if, if Mega Rand ever hears this, I am fully as a Rocky fan, I am fully aware. Oh, he knows <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's a work. <laughs> Rand's it's it's a work that Rand's been doing, being from Philadelphia. <laughs> But yeah, um, on a on a side note as well, before we get into the movie, as as far as um, the whole Captain Marvel Shazam origin sort of stuff, I always wondered like just how much influence those old comics um, had on like the creators of something like Masters of the Universe. Because if you think about it, it's sort of a it's a very similar presence with uh, premise. Sorry, with like um, you know Prince Adam and He Man, like the young guy says magic words becomes big tough guy. So. Even, even Thor, that. Like Marvel's original Thor was not just some guy from space. It was a you know a dude on Earth picks up the hammer and becomes Thor. Yeah, that's true. They had the whole yeah Donald. He has his Donald Blake um, alter ego. Yeah, with his uh, I think it's an umbrella or it's I know they use the umbrella in in Ragnarok as a bit of a um, a nod to it. But yeah, it's either an umbrella or I think actually it's a walking cane. Because he's all you know weak as Donald yeah. Blake, and then he's yeah turns into the hammer. But yeah, yeah it's similar yeah. sort of concepts there. So the idea of having this like some power that transforms you into the superhero instead of having to be that all the time. Yeah, except in the the original Masters of the Universe, I guess it's it's not as um isn't as handled isn't handled as well. <laughs> like, they look exactly the same. Like Prince Adam is just <laughs> He Man, but nobody knows it's him because he's wearing like a pink shirt. Yeah, it's like he takes off the pink yeah. shirt and he's got a tan. And then it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> he looks identical. What, did they do that on purpose? Like, it, it, Has anyone ever explained why He-Man was like that? I think it's just because for little kids, just so that they 
I don't think I I think in the mythos of the show, if you want to call it that, he doesn't look exactly the same. I think it's just to show kids that it's he's the same guy, just slightly different. So the 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 second uh, show they actually did, I think in the early two thousands, it was quite different. He was Adam was sort of like a teenage kid, um, this scrawny sort of kid, and then he becomes He Man. So it was very much like a Shazam type of um, change. But yeah. Yeah. Because well, but, uh, did Thor also have the lightning bolt when he transformed? I know He-Man's definitely got a lightning bolt. Yeah, I think he might have. I think he does. Like, I, I'm not too sure on that, but I, I have a feeling I've read somewhere where yeah, he sort of he does that He-Man thing, you know, lift up the the cane or the umbrella or whatever it is, and get zapped. Yeah, get it. yeah. There's got to be some magic words involved, whether it's by the power of Grayskull or Shazam. It'll be like I'm worthy of Mjolnir or Yaldi something or some, some yeah. sort of. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, let's let's get into the movie itself, and it was marketed pretty much as uh, the comic book version of Big, or everything I saw of it. That's that's sort of what they made uh, had us believe, and uh, with with the fourteen year old Billy Batson stuck inside a superhero body. But like Jared, how did it hold up for you once you actually saw the film? I actually liked it. I, I think this was actually pretty much pitch perfect for what it should have been. Like, you know, DC has a tendency to go really dark with stuff that doesn't need to be as dark as it is. And this has elements that can be really dark, like being abandoned by your mom and foster homes and, you know, the disabled kid getting beat up and stuff. And they still manage to keep that, like, it's still... It brings it down a little bit, but it's not as depressing, and it keeps the movie on kind of a high high note. And it's funny, and it it just worked for me. This seems to me like the first time in the modern DC era where they didn't just give everything away in the marketing. Like there were, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. There were so many they, they they stuffed the trailers full of jokes and stuff like that. But then when they yeah. got to those jokes in the movie, there was always a little something extra, like a little bit more, a little extra laugh that you didn't know was going to be in there. Yeah. It, like, like the scene where, uh, where they're like having the guys shoot him to test whether or not he's bulletproof. They show that scene in the trailers, but what they don't show you is when they're like, okay, they give him back the gun and then they say like, now shoot him in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to test yeah. this the hard way. <laughs> it was actually, actually like a really good use of a trailer where they tease a funny moment, but then there's so much more to it in the yeah. film, which yeah, a lot of, it is a bit of a dying art, I think, with trailers nowadays. They don't. There, there are a lot of trailers that just sort of show you all the all sort of the, the best bits. Yeah, there had been, like, if I think people would have probably had a better reaction overall to Batman versus Superman if they had held back something, anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if if yeah. if that if that whole fight scene with Batman hadn't been in there, or if Doomsday hadn't been in there, if there was just like one more thing that we that we could have seen in the, the movie the, that we had Wonder Woman seen wasn't going to show up. Some, yeah. Hide mm. something. Any, any, like if there had been one surprise in that movie and there, and there really wasn't, I think Kevin Smith said it best in, in his podcast review of it, where he said that watching Batman versus Superman was like going through the like collectible checklist in a pack of baseball cards to make sure you've got them all because you've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. I think the only thing that wasn't spoiled was like the death of Superman in that movie, but 
But once you saw Doomsday, you could kind of guess. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like, oh, are they going to? Oh, maybe not. It's too early. But then, yeah. Yeah, I so. think we all kind of knew. They did a good job of that with this. And there was also still, like, DC, it seems like a lot of the funny movement moments get put into the trailers. And this had plenty outside of it. Like, I think my favorite mm. may have been when they're floating in the air and... Um, What's his name? The bad guy is going on this long-winded bad guy speech, but they're so far apart. And she's just like, can't hear you. We're like a mile apart. Like, what? You making yeah. some bad guy speech? Like, I thought that was great. Because that's actually the first time, like, something reasonable like that in a movie. Like, usually you see that and they're way apart and they can hear each other just fine. And that basically poked fun at that whole trope. Well, the Matrix, they sort of, um, yeah. at the end of the Matrix, you know, the, the, the last one where they're fighting in the, the Dragon Ball Z flying fight type of thing that, that, that's very similar to that. Yeah. So, well, I thought, I thought, um, oh, <laughs> I'm just waiting as well for, we're talking about, uh, the trailers. Now I'm waiting for Zack Snyder to, to come out with a statement to tell people, to, you know, grow the fuck up and everything should be in the trailer. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll well, be his next event. We, uh, did, did we fully explain the Zack Snyder rant recently? Like we have made reference yeah. to it. I think in a couple of shows where he did this thing where he screened extended cuts of all of his movies and, someone asked him again, like, why does Batman kill people? And instead of having any kind of a nuanced take that could give us defenders of Zack Snyder something to go on, he was basically, his whole response was, grow the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's, that's, it, it's a, it's he a did bad so look. much more harm than good to himself yeah. with, with that statement because it really was, like, you had people like yourself, Tim, who were like, no, no, he's got this backstory and, like, we didn't see the 10 years before Batman v Superman. So we can see how Batman has become like this jaded killer and stuff. And, and knowing Superman is what like gets him out of the funk and he goes back to being classic Batman and that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that that's actually a good story. Like I'd accept that as, as a reason as to why, yeah, um, but 45 year old Batman is killing people. But yeah, Zack Snyder's just like, no, shut the fuck up. I'm the director and you're not. And, yeah, and I'll and, do what I want. That's basically think- it. That's that's where where Shazam becomes almost essential to this universe is for the first time we have a movie that sort of gives us permission to like superheroes. Well, I mean, Aquaman even did it, you know, like at the start of Aquaman, he does the whole like, you know, I don't have to save you sort of routine with uh, Black Manta's dad. And he just sort of pisses off and kind of leaves him to die. But then throughout the movie, he becomes like, you know, more kingly and he realizes he has more responsibility and he's sort of less willing to sort of just let people die. So there's a bit of a story arc there, you know, like in a bit of character growth, whereas... Well, he even has that moment where he's on the boat with Mira and she's like, hey, who the hell was Black Manta? And Aquaman's like, yeah, uh, I kind of regret, like, letting his dad die now. Like, that was... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I learned something today. As far as Batman v Superman goes, there you can sort of take away that storyline, but only if if you're like me and you're trying to sort of, like... Uh, like apologize for for murder bats you know what i mean and you're trying to be like an apologist and be like well maybe he was only killing people for this reason because like you so desperately want to like a batman movie as i do but then you hear like the director come out and just be like no fuck off you guys are idiots like Like, superman should have been if like it just should have been about the redemption of batman and I, I sort of had this version of it in my head where it is about that, but now Zack Snyder is coming out and saying, no, it's not about that, and fuck you. Yeah. Well, any, I, any, I've been telling you this for a while. Fuck you. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, anyone, it, it hurts anyone. more when Zack Snyder says it. 
anyone that was arguing like on behalf of Zack Snyder to be like, no, 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 like you don't get it. He's got the backstory. He knows what you just, he wasn't allowed to do the Snyder cut and all this bullshit. Like that's all out the window now because he's literally just gone like, no, I know better than 80 years of comic books um, because, you know, I like, I like 300 and uh, yeah, I made the Watchmen movie. It's like not every character is Rorschach, dude. Like just there's some characters are, are better people you know <laughs> like, yeah. but i liked in this with shazam like they they did what they should have done with superman i think is that you don't darken the character you darken the world around him because like like you said jared like everything around shazam is still pretty shitty like the bad guy is still pretty horrible and there's some some full-on deaths later <laughs> we'll we'll talk about like um and and yeah the crippled kid getting beaten up at school and and that kind of thing so the world is still it still seemed as though it was uh, believable that it was taking place in that dc movie universe but then shazam himself wasn't um you know mopey and i don't know what to do like you know he had some self-doubt at times but that's just regular storytelling they were still able to show the world sucks but there's lightness in it and that's what this movie needed and it worked. Like, I also think that they did a really good job on casting, but I'm sure we're going to get into that too. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to bring up next, actually. So that's segue, <laughs> Jared. Well done. We, we've only done a few of these podcasts. I kind of can only figure where you're going to go. Exactly. You get a gold star. Um, a gold star of David for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought Zachary, is it Levi? Uh, or Levy, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. You know, I don't even know. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, think I was Levy. say Levi, and now we're... <laughs> Wait, the guy from Chuck. Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought he was good as Shazam, and, and the kid, uh, uh, Billy Asher Angel, his name is. I, I felt that um, they were really good. Uh, I, I I do have a little criticism of... of um, we'll call him Levi. For, for We'll call him Zach. How about yeah. that? Um the, the good Zach. Uh, I felt I felt he did a good job as the character, and he played the kid trapped inside like a you know a muscle man body type of thing pretty well. But like my only beef was he didn't really act like Billy a lot. Like he seemed way more excitable and sort of I don't know full of wonder and stuff than than like Billy was because Billy was sort of more laid back and like sarcastic, too cool for school kind of thing. And then it's Shazam, he's all you know, well, gee, Willick is Freddy. Let's go and do stuff. It's like. Oh, all right. Now he's excited. Yeah, I think that kind of tempers throughout the movie a little bit. I think the initial, he, he is that way a little initially. But yeah, I think it is, it is a little, a, a little bit too much of a change in personality. But I think it, it works with, with Zach as, as the actor. Because that is, that seems to be how he naturally is. And that, that light, that funny, that wisecracking exuberant personality which we saw in Chuck which I love that show um, I, I thought he was great in that so I think it works but yeah the, the, the discrepancy between the two isn't quite as linear as it should be I think it's I mean my, my kind of apology here is that for Billy it's kind of a facade that he puts on you know it's a defense is, mechanism because he doesn't want to get attached to people because he really believes that all of these foster families and things are, are temporary and that he's going to find his mom that's that's his his core mission that he sticks to throughout the entire movie even when there's all the superhero stuff going down 
finding his mom is still the most yeah. important thing to him. And, and I still think towards the end, he, he kind of softens with the family and stuff. So you can see that breaking yeah. down. So I can kind of see that. But also I think, I think turning into a superhero and being so like simultaneously confused and wowed by it is going to strip away a lot of that. Like it's going to be hard to act cool when you're yeah, freaked that, out that's, and that's don't true. know what's going on. Yeah. I guess if you look at it as, yeah, as like Billy is kind of putting on a, on a, um, an act to, to, not care about things and stuff, yeah. Then he's he's sort of uh, naturally more excitable once he's um, finds himself as Shazam, I guess, as as he would. So, but yeah, I guess the real reason is just grow the fuck up. Like that's yeah, yeah, grow the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, like, also, we we found out that Asher Angel is a Phoenix Suns fan. Because oh, he's, poor kid, uh, he's really suffering. I know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's, hard that's really worse than, than losing your mom. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it's tough guys, if they did sort of want to make uh, Shazam into sort of comic book big, I guess it's consistent though that to having uh, Shazam act a little bit different because like that's always the um, the go to sort of argument about big is like he acts like a five year old, not a twelve thirteen year old when he's like Tom Hanks. So he's sort of yeah, but nobody nobody he, he, wants to watch a movie about someone acting like a thirteen year old. I mean, it would just be it would just be Tom Hanks masturbating the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it, yeah. It, but all in all, like I mean, I I thought, um, yeah, they were good. Zachary Levi as, as Shazam, and and uh, yeah, your son's basketball fan kid. But yeah, <laughs> I thought they, I thought they were good. They did a good job, and like they both of them had good. Um, Ca- uh, chemistry with uh, Freddie Freeman there, so like they both, uh, what's the kid's name? Jack Dylan Grazer, his name is, as um yeah, as as Freddie Freeman, the disabled foster kid, like he says in the trailer. But uh, he um like he worked well with Billy, and he worked well with Shazam. So that sort of that was cool. I thought they he, he they was he was him. terrific too. It was really just a, a a joy to watch him on screen. Have you ever known anyone like that? Anybody who kind of seems like they're putting on a stand-up comedy act every time you talk to them. Uh, like I, I've, I've known people like that. I don't know. It's, it's, um, and it's for, for him, it's easy to, it's easy to see that being kind of his, his defense mechanism, you know, yeah. like Billy's got his thing and, and Freddie's thing is joking around all the time. Oh, no, and it's a clear defense mechanism and you can tell. Um, yeah. I, I liked it, you know, it worked. I do think it's it's kind of weird with Billy being the, supposed to be the pure heart champion, not showing up to the school and stuff, and not you know when he didn't do it, not being like, oh crap, I, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Like he was just like, no, I've got my own shit to do. I'm trying to shoot lightning bolts into the sky to music. <laughs> that was like, pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> it, it just seems counter to the story of the champion that they're they're trying to portray like it, it well that's a bit weird. like big as well where he sort of he ditches his friend a little bit because he starts like he starts enjoying being like the toy executive and stuff and 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 going to the parties and all that so the kid has to remind him like look we found the fucking machine dude like you know but you're living your life and shit so yeah there's a lot of parallels but yeah i i just thought that 
like Freddie was good in the sense that he normally in a story they'll make like the disabled kid with the with the crutches and stuff like everyone's nice to him and things like that but like not everyone at his school like they all hate his guts like they don't care <laughs> they just like he's getting bullied by the other the, the other kids but even like he doesn't have any other friends that sort of stick up for him either so and, which and, is a bit of a change and i need to point out something in 2019 or even 2018 if two douchebags beat up a disabled kid, they wouldn't be left in school. If they did that in front of a crowd, they'd be gone. Oh, in the DC universe, they would the, be. The, <laughs> yeah. this, this is not the 1980s. That's, no, this is, that, this is the universe time. where Batman kills people. Don't forget. This is the universe where you can run over a disabled kid driving recklessly in a Ford F-150. Oh. And and not get in any trouble except getting a suitcase wedgie by a superhero at the end. That's that was just that whole thing just was ridiculous. It it ignores the fact that that schools have basically been going through like two decades of anti bullying um, (laughs) programs and stuff like that. But but at the same time, like it 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 seems to fit in the continuity of the movie. And and then wait, wait a second. A school that has metal detectors had no cop in sight of outside of the exterior of the building when those guys ran him over. Are, are we, really? That, that's that's what's happening here. It's a good point, and they could just leave their yeah, car out in front of the school. That, but this is a universe that accepts vigilantes, so I think people are probably like, ah, "Fuck it, look out for yeah. yourself." Or, I mean, maybe maybe the security guards are so busy working the metal detectors that they're not paying attention to the truck out in front that's running over a disabled kid. Again, it was screeching halt yeah. with a crowd of children around it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a little, uh, a pretty big stretch. And, well, and then also the fact that I still don't know how Shazam was able to, like, lift the truck up in the air and drop it from some height before he was able to fly. Threw it up there. Yeah. He, he just threw it? Hey, you just, just bench pressed it up. Yeah. I mean, we could we saw him with just a flick of a finger how far he knocked that 55 gallon drum yeah that's true He's, I mean yeah he could have just tossed it a, a real good toss you know I think that that physics works yeah it's the strength yeah. of Hercules Tim come on yeah, the strength of Hercules <laughs> I also but I wanted to get back to uh, to, to Freddie's kind of his flight versus invisibility point <laughs> and that uh John Hodgman, who I, I love to talk about. John Hodgman, who is uh, in The Tick Season 2. Just throwing that out there. For fuck's um, sake, um, it's not yeah, happening. Has a very famous essay uh, from back in the day that was on, I think, This American Life about asking people that question about flight versus invisibility and what, what the answer what the answer says and how at the end of the day we all secretly would choose invisibility because we're all cowards. Um, no. You know why you choose invisibility? Yeah. Because knowledge is power, and if you're invisible, you can get in places and learn shit. Yeah. It's that to be a fly on a wall. Yeah, you, you could have some leverage there. That's how you get leverage. You can just hang out in the girls' locker room all day if you're invisible. Listen, th- there's only so many hours right. a day you can do that. <laughs> the rest of the time, you can get good intel and do useful things. But, but, um, like but every but, time you go into your kitchen, every time you shut the door, you be go from invisible to there, just to scare you, Tim. That's so every so time would, you, you drop the beer, every time. It would be pretty funny. Yeah. That's what I spend like half yeah. my day doing is just trolling you. Yeah. But but Freddie does kind of come back to this point about how 
how invisible he feels every day. Yeah. And the fact that probably that schools have come so far in trying to reduce bullying that I think that a lot of bullying just kind of gets overlooked because people are bullying people in, in new ways and less obvious ways. And, uh, so there's, there's obviously a lot of that going on too. So the, the thing about just nobody eating lunch with him and him, him just feeling alone seems to resonate more than him getting you know hit by a car and beat up by bullies out in front of the school. He had a cool, uh, he had a cool little superhero collection of stuff as well. Which was uh, <laughs> like with his his batarang. It's like, oh, it's a replica. But then I go, oh, look, a real bullet that bounced off Superman. Well, I, I thought that was a nice touch as to how they established that it's still in that universe. Is that by saying that when he said it's a bullet that bounced off Superman, it wasn't like Superman's not real. It's it's something that actually yeah. has value, which means it sets him in that universe. Fairly early on. Although I like to think that it was the bullet that bounced off of Brandon Routh's eye in Superman Returns. <laughs> yeah, the one one of the, the few highlights in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was a cool moment. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Then they had him. I mean, it's like they've gone, how can we get all our merch into into uh, this movie? It's like, we'll just have it in the shop. Fuck it. Yeah, well, I <laughs> just have to be a superhero I, think, I thought the merch was a nice touch, though. Every yeah. single Every single shirt... That Freddie wears. Tim owns. It, well, it's I, I I I don't own it, but I've thought about buying all of them. Like they're all just off the shelf DC Comics merch that you could have gotten from Hot Topic or Box Lunch. I, I did not see him wearing a Dawn of Justice Under Armour Tim. He's got it. He just he, he doesn't go to the gym in the movie, but when he you know when he works out, he wears that. <laughs> did he buy the car from from Batman Superman? Yes. <laughs> he'll get it when he grows up. He'll sell that bullet and buy the car. That's right. <laughs> Your Jeep Wrangler or whatever it is. <laughs> Renegade. The 2016 Jeep Renegade Dawn of Justice edition. There you go. That's close. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought it was good that uh, they sort of had that where it's like, well, it's been a few years now, so you've got Batman, Superman, Justice League. They're sort of in the public conscious. So yeah, why not? Like, you know, we saw that in other, um, you know, like the Umbrella Factory that we covered on the last episode, like, there were moments in that show where you saw how um, there was merchandise based on them as well. You know, like there were collectible toys and comic books and stuff like that someone had made like in the universe about them. So it sort of makes sense, I suppose. So yeah, was, I like guess Lo- Logan did it too, right? Like he was reading the actual yeah X Men. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. It's like yeah. So and then then of course Watchmen did it as well, like that. So but they. Ozzy Mandias has his line of um, action figures and stuff based on the comedian and all those guys. <laughs> so, yeah, but they did a good job. And then they were able to sort of use it in a funny way as well. So, like Shazam running through the, the mall there and he's like, get him, Batman. And he's throwing toys at <laughs> the bad guy. And stuff. I wanted to get to this later, but I got to I gotta break down the whole Toy Store scene. It's it's a, a nice homage to Big. Like what's mm. he, he even like plays a little tune when he first steps onto the piano and I can't remember what song it is now, but it's like the beginning of something. Yeah, that's where I kind of like I groaned a little bit with when he stood on the the piano. I was like, oh okay, but it here's, did seem a little bit like. Here's what's sad about it: this movie is set in America in a, a fictionalized American city of Philadelphia in the present day. We don't have toy stores anymore. We don't have toy stores in malls. We don't have toy stores anywhere. They, they, they just aren't a thing. 
And what's even what's even sadder is there was all that DC merch at the toy store. You know, he goes through like aisles and aisles of it. There's one that's all multiverse. There's one that's all Imaginext. He's got those those 48 inch tall Batman figures with the light up chest that he threw. Those things were impossible to find. Like I I wanted to buy one for Kit and I could never find one. But the sad thing is that DC is just losing out in merch. Like that that the the DC section at any oh, um, a lot of it. At, at Target and stuff like that, yeah. But nobody's like, like nobody's buying the the Batman stuff. No, anymore. Nobody learned from Spaceballs, Mel Brooks, merchandising, merchandising, yeah. merchandising. But what what's going on in toy stores now? Like the Avengers toys are still doing well. I think kids are buying those, but mostly kids are buying like Fortnite toys now and Minecraft. Like those are the 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 things that are taking up more and more shelf on the space or space on the shelf. Excuse me. And you see less and less DC comics. That wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Batman has has slipped behind other superheroes. Like it used to be that Spider-Man sold the most toys, followed mm-hmm. by Batman, and I, I bet he's fallen below the Avengers now. And, and oh yeah, yeah. And now it, it'll you, be Iron Man and, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, okay. it wasn't always the case. Even back when Batman versus Superman came out, like Batman was still holding strong. Um, and then also, all these toys are made by Mattel, and Mattel's not going to be making the Batman toys anymore. Like they're they're still gonna make Imagine Next, which which is those like toddler toys that come in the yellow package. Those are those are my favorite. You can watch all of my Imagine Next YouTube videos uh, on my channel and stuff like that. And my last toy tangent that I'm gonna go on is that Imagine Next also makes these little blind bag toys. Um, so some of them are like DC Comics related. You can get figures like Deadshot and these little blind bags, but then some of them are just kind of like weird one off toys that that are just their own ideas. But I guess in the latest series of Imagine X blind bags, one of the little figures they've made is the robot version of the transforming building from Big. <laughs> and it's, I haven't found him in stores yet, but it's, it's an incredible little toy. That made. <laughs> you press a button and it just goes, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was cool. I thought that they were able to sort of um, incorporate like, the fact that it, it, it does take place in a world where Batman and Superman and all these people are real. But, yeah, of course, um, marketing people will, will take advantage of that and have toys of everything. So, yeah, which you, I guess you think if, that, if... That Bruce Wayne's lawyers would get on that, that, that they'd find a way to shut down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're totally they're, sponsored by yeah, Wayne Industries. Like, <laughs> they're just invested in that. They're making all those, those toys. Yeah, getting absolutely. those official like Batmobile prototypes out so that they can make like a realistic Batmobile of whatever the new version of the Batmobile is. Yeah, or oh, sorry, Wayne Enterprises, I should say. Oh yeah, don't come at me. Don't it's come Wayne. at me, nerds. I know it's Enterprises. Wayne <laughs> Stark Industries, Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there was what what it was Wayne Financial in Batman versus Superman, or there was one that was Wayne Financial. There's it was uh, that's just Murder a Inc. in fucking yeah. <laughs> what's called in yeah. Batman v Superman. So, <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, I I like the movie to a, to a degree. I just wondered how you felt about how you guys felt about the story in general. Like it is kind of sort of that uh, standard sort of like superhero villain parallel where Billy gets his powers, and then in the same time, it's the story of how uh, Doctor Sivana gets his, and then of course he wants to um, obtain Shazam's powers at the same time. I just wondered, like, as far as superhero movies go, like, you sort of yay or nay on the, the that sort of background plot line, for lack of a better word. It, it was 
fine for what this was. This was more a Billy Batson story than it was a Shazam story. It it seems like it's they needed to have a villain, and so this one kind of seemed like okay, we'll kind of do the guy who didn't get the role Billy got, and went the evil way, and it just was kind of a. I feel like it was just kind of a you know a sprinkling of a villain like like just kind of a, a secondary villain. Well, we did an intro story. The plot was not particularly strong. It worked, I think, for this. I, I think it was a decent intro story. But this wasn't like a super compelling villain or a really in depth you know morality thing. It was just mm. kind of a you know. Kind of we need someone for him to yeah. fight in the meantime. Yeah, we we need someone make it somebody who just didn't get what he got, and, and we'll play off that. And I, I think the big one will be when we get Black Adam. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's what I want to ask you as well. Like, we'll get on to Black Adam in a sec, but like, I just wanted like Mark Strong is is again like a DC villain. But he sort of gets like these like <laughs> shitty ones, <laughs> like he was Sinestro in Green Lantern, and like don't be wrong, like Sinestro is an awesome character, and he's like a fucking cool villain, but he's just in a terrible movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know, hey, Tim, what are you how are you feeling about Mark Strong being um, like? I'll just get I, him. I don't know why, but Mark Strong alternately at times reminds me of either Stanley Tucci or Luke Wilson. Yeah, it's he's just Stanley kind of Gucci, like definitely those, those two guys move to merge together, but but there's there's like a little bit of Luke Wilson in there. Like when he stops looking like Stanley Tucci, all of a sudden he's Luke Wilson. It's weird, um, yeah. but but yeah, I, I had forgotten that he was Sinestro. And clearly, when they made Green Lantern, they had plans to do more with him. Like if if that movie in a universe yeah. where Green Lantern got a sequel, like Sinestro was going to have a much bigger role to play. Well, he puts on the yellow ring in the end and everything. Like and yeah. And- and so, well, yeah, and that was that was the most interesting part of the movie. Really, was was him like forging the yellow ring to begin with? Like all yeah. the all the parallax stuff sucked. Yeah, the, the idea the idea that they would one day, or they wanted to, or that they one day want to make a a Green Lantern movie that is essentially Training Day with like Sinestro and Hal Jordan. Um, that's that's what you got to do, I think. If you yeah. Like you know, have have Sinestro essentially in the Denzel Washington role in Training Day, and and then yeah, Hal Jordan sort of has to step up. Just, yeah. just don't let David Ayer do it. Maybe kind of keep him away from that. Yeah, he can yeah. just go back to fucking Brad Pitt tank movies or something. <laughs> um, but I just thought like it's like you got Mark Strong. It's like you want to be Sinestro. Like you want to be this Doctor Savannah guy. It's like of all the DC villains, they didn't fucking give him Lex Luthor. Like, come on. Yeah, he, <laughs> well, he would have been a good Lex Luthor. Well, really, we had we had to make room for Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor because yeah. that made total sense. Um, yeah. uh, At I least think, he's Lex Luthor Jr. He's not. There is still room there to, yeah. I, I think the post-credit scene, though, shows that there's going to be room for development of the Dr. Savannah character that may make this more compelling, you know, a couple movies from now. this We may look at this different. I think for right now, it was a placeholder villain. <laughs> But long term. All right. Well, all right. You brought it up, Jared. So we're going to fucking dive into this because what the hell is up with the caterpillar? Like, I, I had no idea what the fuck that was about. 
And I'm sitting there going, like, really? And, like, Jared, I know you've got no idea. Well, I I looked it up, but, like, the first time we watched the movie, so I've seen it twice now, that first time they they hung on the caterpillar a long time in the first shot of it. Yeah, there's we see him when we first go into the the cave that leads into the the rock of ages. What, What is it called? The Rock of Eternity. The Rock of Eternity. Rock of Ages is Jack Blackman. Or Tom Cruise. Am I confusing? Yeah. 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 Um, Isn't it? Yes, mythology. Don't don't go there. Yeah. We get to yeah. On the way to the Rock of Eternity, we've got we've got Mister Mind, the worm, and he's in a cage. And then after Savannah goes in and um, and lets the demons loose or the the seven deadly sins loose, we we see that that glass bubble has been broken that he's out. And I didn't notice that the first time I watched the movie, but the second time I, I was I was watching for that, and I noticed that that yeah they, they set it up like he was he was in there he had been trapped by the lizard. Yeah. But like I, I I saw the caterpillar and went okay because I mean fuck I don't know this I had to look up this Mister yeah. Mind character I was like fucking caterpillar, but like I, yeah I mean I noticed it in the as like a little pet in the glass uh, bubble thing or whatever. And then I, I did notice that it had, had smashed and stuff, but I just thought like, Oh, it's just shots to show damage. And then, yeah, at the end there, he just turns up. It's like fucking hell. I was expecting like something to do with black Adam, like not necessarily the rock, but some kind of tease. And it's like, Nope, we had fucking caterpillar. Well, there were a sort it was piss. I thought it was a bit piss poor. But, there were a handful of things that were kind of conspicuously absent from the movie, and Black Adam was one of them. I guess we get we get a slight reference to Black Adam because when the wizard says like we chose a champion and we chose poorly, and he unleashed the seven deadly yeah. sins upon the world, that's supposed to be a reference to Black Adam. And, and there's clearly seven chairs in the room, um, and there's only six of them at the end. The missing one would be hmm. Black Adam. That that's yeah. my interpretation. I may be wrong yeah, on that. But I, I'm correct. pretty sure that's what the what the implication is there. Plus, I think we all know the Rock's just a busy, busy man. Yeah, that's, well, that's I mean, true. But they have cold feet, though. I mean, that's what I. That's how I get it. That's like how it comes across to me. He's like, yeah, 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 because it was years ago that he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be Black Adam. It was, it was basically yeah, like right before Batman vs Superman came out. And then, yeah. not long after that, they were everybody was like, "No, no, no! The Rock's not going to be Black Adam. He's he's going to just straight up be Shazam." And that made a lot more sense. And then the Rock wasn't Shazam. Zachary Levi and I looked it up, and it's Levi was cast as Shazam. And um, yeah, now uh, it's you would think that if he was still going to be Black Adam, that they would have maybe just made a costume for him, just just found some way to to tease having him in the movie. Because you can get The Rock, you could, even though he's as busy as he is, you'd get him on set for a day or two. Yeah. Wasn't he even, I, is, is he I credited in the movie? Like, yeah, 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 he's I'm going to be a superhero, and yeah. then I'll be Black Adam, and then it fell in the toilet, and he's he like, oh, ex- fuck that. I'm he and his ex-wife are executive producers, and I, 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 it looks like they're scheduled to start production on Black Adam next year. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. This do this you have movie. a movie just about him? Like, it, it, he's the villain. Like, it's I don't know. It's not like the Joker movie. All right, like I wasn't for it, but the trailer's fucking amazing. So at least I'll watch it. But like, a movie just about the villain. Like, I don't know. Venom. We had that. And yeah, it was all right. But like, the, I don't know. Like, we're we just gonna have like a Lex Luthor movie now, and then like a fucking. It's just. I have no problem with doing a Black Adam movie. Like, just let him. You know, I don't want to 
as much as I like panning DC shit, that one's not, you know, if you want to tell the story of, you know, how he fell and all that to set up another Shaz- where he finally faces Shazam. Yeah. I'm fine with it rather than trying to shoehorn him into a Shazam, his story into Shazam movie to make it make sense. Like, but they've, they've got to, they've got to have Shazam in the movie. And I'm not sure why the black Adam movie isn't just Shazam two. Yeah. Like exactly. that. Because, because yeah. if you set it up as Shazam two, you have to make it mostly about Shazam. It, and if you want to, and Rock does not want to be the, I don't think he wants to be the second guy. But, but you know, like, he should have been Shazam. He signed up like to play should've. Black Adam. Black Adam's, like, has Black Adam ever had his own comic book even? Like, it's. But, you know, uh, you, you're acting like this, but we didn't just go through this with the whole uh, M. Night Shyamalan thing where, okay, we told the Unbreakable story, then we told the Split story, then we came together for Glass. Is it really, is this really that far off of that type of. Well, it's it's premise. not. It's just it's just a little bit more. I mean, the the Abad Shemlon thing seems like a really special case, and it and it wasn't like that wasn't like a master plan. It was something that happened, you know, many many years apart from each other. Well, no, Unbreakable and Split happened many years apart. Yeah, well, as then, soon then, as Split yeah, was Glass, done, we knew about Glass. Yeah, Glass was clearly like something that he had planned so, after he made Split. But so I'm willing to play this out as something rather than. This is what we've seen in in Marvel and DC. It, in both cases, it's starting to get stale of, okay, you know we're setting up for this character in the next movie, so we'll introduce them, and then they're all going to fight in the next one. It, we, we just watch this. So I'm willing to give them a chance to do it a different route. Like, I, I'm okay with DC not following a pattern here of what everybody else does and what we expect. If, if this movie had sucked, yeah, I might say that. But this was... This was well done. You may want to, for the Black Adam, for the Fall Black Adam, do something a little darker and then bring it back into the Shazam fold where you can tone it down a bit to, to get the backstory. Where where you don't have to feel like you're bringing down a Shazam movie to do the, the Black Adam background and all that stuff. So it, mm. may, it may work out to keep a actually a decent tonal theme coming through and not have some of the pitfalls that DC's fallen into. Well, and, and maybe, I mean, you think about the success that Marvel has had with its sort of cosmic movies yeah. that have run sort of uh, in in parallel and not intersected yeah. all that much with its main universe with the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy and then you get kind of Thor Ragnarok in there yeah. and you can tell these kind of wild stories that are outside yeah. of, of the earthly part of the continuity and maybe DC can do something similar with its magical realm. Yeah, and that that could be, you know, they did mention something about with with Mr. Mind about the seven realms or something like that. And it could be that Black Adam, you know, if you want to do Black Adam, go into the more of the magical elements and stuff. You can can do something like that in Black Adam, divorced from the trappings of fake Philadelphia, as you like to call it. (laughs) I'm still telling Ran on you. Uh, (laughs) Oh, bring Rocky into yeah. Rocky fights Black Adam. But, yeah, but, but you, you, that way you can step outside the confines of what you set up in this, and you can also step outside and not have to worry about you know making those other DC ties. I know Shazam did it well, but then you can kind of you can kind of break a little bit until maybe in the third act you bring Shazam in somehow to yeah. Black Adam, and well, maybe it's maybe based on it, timeline, maybe. it's not Billy Batson Shazam. It's uh, I can never pronounce his name right. The Damon who who who's a yeah yeah oh yeah Jiman Hanzu yeah 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 <laughs> hey at least it's not um what's his name Triple A 
Uh, uh, oh yeah, I don't really. Yeah, Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo. Killer Croc. Yeah, yeah. Killer Croc in this universe. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing I can see if they're gonna do black hat like a black Adam movie. It's like uh, I don't mind if it was sort of like the rise and fall because you sort of have like a Scarface type of thing there, where or like a Macbeth, you know, like where you have a villain story, but then you need that third act where they're sort of defeated or or get their comeuppance or whatever. And if you're not going to have Shazam in it, well, yeah, and, and, and maybe that is what they're doing, and we just aren't to that point where they've discussed it yet you know, publicly that, Hey, it's two thirds of a black Adam movie. And then we tie into Shazam, you know, especially if they're doing something where it's not, where it's almost a prequel to Shazam where the timelines aren't lined up. And and then you can tie into when Shazam, you know, maybe something in black Adam has to do with the original Shazam transferring his powers or something, some sort of tie. And that's kind of what leads black Adam back into the fold. You you can play around with that now, excuse me, and do something there that, that yeah, yeah. frees you. And you could also, you know, Dejmon Hanju or whatever you just said his name is. You can do something with him as Shazam, the wizard, and play with the magical elements there. And then it sets up when he he transfers his power to Billy. We've got something new for Black Adam, the, the a new driving force for him. Yeah. And I guess we've maybe even seen elements of that in, um, in like the flashbacks in Justice League, like where there is an older Shazam, you know, fighting alongside of the Greeks and the gods, and you know when when uh, the the new gods of Apocalypse first come to Earth. I assume you're meaning the comics. No, the movie. The movie. That's, yeah, that's all. That's all in there. Did I miss that? Yeah, it's so over the head of Green Lantern. Yeah, there's a yeah, there. there's a, one of the Green Lanterns gets killed, right? Oh, right, right. And, I remember. Yeah. yeah, but there's a there is a Shazam. Someone there wearing the Shazam costume, at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you can you can. And and they are also supposedly making a new gods movie. Mm. So mm. <laughs> I, I think they that, think they're making lots of things, but yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> of well. Like I I never thought the Joker movie was going to happen, and I'm surprised that they have a trailer, and I, I still don't quite believe it's going to come out. But one of the glaring things about this movie one one thing that kind of like makes it harder to have as much fun as we should be having is when you, you you notice the absence of the rock. That's pretty glaring. You realize that this, you know, the, the Batman versus Superman style battering that shows up in the movie. That's the last time we're ever going to see that because Ben Affleck ain't coming back. And oh, you're finally admitting that yeah. now after oh, I, you argue well, with me repeatedly about this. Yeah. Um, and, and also Henry Cavill didn't show up. Like I was, I was really pulling for it and they were going back and forth on it. And it would have been such a nice surprise if, if they had actually been able to show his face in the movie. But I think the, what they did actually worked well, the way they, oh, they yeah. cut around that with the costume and stuff. I actually expected that one of the, um, you know, post-credit scenes was going to be Black Adam or, or yeah. something. But I, I'm okay that it wasn't, you know, it would have been nice, but I don't, I think it would have, been a little too much and distracted from what this movie was, especially again, it goes back to some of the darker elements of DC and stuff. And, and this kind of, it kind of felt free of all that other than the little references in that one clip at the end. I, I thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. What about the, um, the actual seven deadly sins? How do you feel about that being sort of incorporated into the movie as sort of like henchmen in a sense? They're just sort of like, here are my monsters. Go get, kill people and do things. <laughs> 
It seemed a bit, I don't know. It was yeah. all right, I guess. Yeah. It, it was what it was. It wasn't anything. It, it, it set yeah. itself up nicely at the end when, when Shazam was able to sort of use like, I don't know if you want to call that the wisdom of Solomon or whatever, but it was able to <laughs> to to trick the the seven deadly sins into into exposing the uh, weaknesses of Doctor Savannah. No. but um, I one one element of the plot that I absolutely love is that is that the wizard Shazam has basically been abducting hundreds of children over the over decades. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these people have like this deep-seated emotional trauma of being rejected by the wizard. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, yeah, UFO he, stories and stuff. Yeah, he gets he gets to he gets to Billy Batson, and we don't really even know if Billy Batson is the is the pure soul that he's been so picky about because he couldn't test him. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't test him. All we know is that Billy Batson kind of initially rejects the superpower. He's like, "Listen, man, I'm just trying to get back on my train." <laughs> Trying to go find my mom, so there's, I guess, there's a, a certain purity in that. But yeah, for the most part, Billy was was kind of a last resort, you know, more so than like a true pure soul. Yeah, <laughs> so I wondered that too because you think like, well, I guess he doesn't actually get to test him, but then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, all right, this this kid that we've seen, you know, locking cops in shot in in storefronts and using their computer and stuff like yeah he's the pure one it's like oh okay yeah <laughs> but, but like, we do we I do learn like, that that all of his all of his kind of misdeeds that we see you know him doing that to the cops and stuff like that was was all in service of him just trying to find his mom yeah well that's <clears throat> that's what i wanted to ask you guys about like that whole storyline where billy searches for his mother after being lost like all those years ago and and um, I just thought, like, he finally tracks her down and, and, and we learn that she knew he'd been sort of collected by the police but decided to kind of step back and essentially abandon him. Like, and then, like, I, I did like that we sort of got two versions of the same scene where, like, Billy's memory of it is all sort of, like, rose-tinted and his mother's like, don't worry, baby, I'm trying to get the balloon for you and all this mm-hmm. and the tiger and the, the and all that. But, like... Then when you see sort of what like really happened, she's sort of just like, like fuck, like she's not <laughs> not really handling things well. But then when he does find her and he shows up, she doesn't have any time for him. I just I just wonder like how you felt about that part of the movie in general. I, I don't think they developed that enough, like the impact of that. I know he quickly had to run off and save his new family, but like also there's a weird element there where they said. She was thirteen. Or she was seventeen when he went missing. He was like four or five years old at that scene. Like he he was. So she was like a four. Well, she said seventeen year old mom. I guess. Just, yeah. Man, I, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know maybe, if she was, maybe that was, she was seventeen when she had him, or if she was supposed to be seventeen at that point. Yeah. Okay. That that may make a little more sense, but but I know the. Um, the the first time they showed that scene with him getting lost, it seemed a little implausible to me, right? Like it seemed like in this situation, the mom would have been able to find him. And so that, that part didn't sit right with me. And when they finally kind of showed us what really happened, it, it made a lot more sense. I thought, I thought the whole thing was kind of deftly done. And I liked that, that Billy was continuing to pursue this throughout the movie and that his, his real mother's address was sort of a gift that this new family gave him because they, they, cared enough about him to kind of yeah. do that little bit of detective work, which, which yeah. wasn't all Eugene that hard may have broken a few laws to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that he learned from playing the oh, game. It was awesome. <laughs> I just wondered, yeah, I just wondered how you guys, what you guys thought about that part because, like, <laughs> after the movie, like, my, my wife and I went and got a coffee and she's like, 
how do you feel about that movie? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was okay. Like it was, you know, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't shit. She's like, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. I'm like, oh, really? Why? And she's like, it's just the, the part with the mother. She's like, not so much that because, you know, she was mad that Billy's mum would abandon him and all that sort of stuff. And then like not want anything to do with him. But my, my wife was more like pissed off that Billy just kind of accepted it without as much, much drama. And just kind of went like, oh, oh well, I'll, I've only searched for you my whole life, but I'll just go back to my real family now, who I've I've known for about a week. <laughs> like, well, I think that was was bullshit. I thought that was kind of the most important character moment for Billy because there's there's kind of two things at play there. One, it's like that's that's where he really internalizes and accepts that it's it's the family you choose, you know, that that he has a family now, and and that they, those people are actually there for him and and, and care about him. But also, like, he's got other shit to do because, like, the whole world's about to end if he doesn't get out there and do some superhero stuff. Yeah. He's yeah, got a lot on his plate for a, a near 15-year-old. Yeah. It just so, it, it did seem to be, like, there wasn't any, like, no, like, let me back in, talk to me. I've, yeah. I've You know, when you see, he just sort of goes, oh, okay, oh, that's a bit shitty. Oh, but, well, I mean, I'll like, if, 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 he had, if he had stuck around at all, uh, the mom's boyfriend was going to come out and start, like, beating her. And and then he was gonna have to turn into Shazam and like murder the guy, and it was it was gonna be a whole thing. He knew he knew it was gonna go down. He had to get I out have of there. to grow, grow the fuck up to him. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shazam beats up his stepfather. It's, uh, it's well, I mean it's it it sounded like that, right? Like it, it, I got yeah. I got the sense that that was not a healthy relationship. Yeah. So even then, he's just gonna go. Oh well. Well, see ya. yeah. <laughs> Enjoy those beatings. I, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think I think he kind of he knew that he's not going to be able to maybe save his mom. I mean, you, you could tell right away that that's not you know that's not a place where he wants to live. You know, well, so it'd be cool if you fun- open the door and like the rock is just sitting there. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is is that uh, buddy who went with us just moved to Arizona from Philadelphia like a year ago and went. Oh yeah, those apartments they're not cheap. He's like, those are not cheap apartments. <laughs> 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 there, yeah, there are no cheap apartments anymore. It doesn't doesn't um, matter where you go. My 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 wife's other comment was that Shazam looks like Ed Helms on steroids. That was her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God. he's like I kept thinking it was Ed Helms. She's like, if he was on steroids. <laughs> that's but yeah. So there you go. That's one. But thing. Uh, well, I do want to talk about Billy's family. <clears throat> we haven't got much left to go, but I do want to talk about Billy's family. Like we had. Um, we had early setups um, of uh, of their characters, which again used to be known as the Marvel family, but now they're the Shazam family because of the whole legal strife we spoke about before. <laughs> oh, and obviously, we have Freddie and, and Mary, but also uh, Dala and Eugene and, and Pedro. I just wanted to, what you thought about that whole um, like we're still going to call them the Marvel family because that's what they are. I, I like um, that. What's her name? The Darla. Yeah. I thought she stole every scene she was in. She was really good. And I really like the one that I keep thinking about is when um, Mary is making the connection finally as to who Shazam is. And she's just sitting there like you can see her like giddy as they're getting along the path. And she just she wants to say something but doesn't. I thought that was really good. And I thought she was just a a great addition. Yeah, that, that whole family that was one of the nice surprises in the movie because they didn't show us very much of that in the trailer. Like we got Freddie, but we didn't we didn't get Darlo. We didn't get Eugene, who he didn't have as many moments like that. But but the 
uh, I don't know, the first one where he's just yelling like, die, die into the computer. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then later on when he's like, I might be on a couple of lists. Well, the, the, the best the best was was when uh, the dad takes the headphones off and goes, what did I tell you about uh, drinking Coke after sundown? Oh, yeah. And he just went, Mountain Dew. Or it's dark. It's <laughs> got dark. Like, and the death. The foster dad being Jerry from Walking Dead too. That was cool. I, I <laughs> really thought, I thought he was great. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. And then we're not yeah. don't don't get us started on uh, how hot the foster mom was. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's a new T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I uh, I don't know. I thought that would be hit and miss. Like I. I I agree with you, uh, Jared. Like I thought, like Darla was good when she was the kid. Like that kid was pretty funny and and did a good job with all that. But like Super Darla or whatever you want to call her, like that, I just thought that was like I don't know, annoyingly cheesy. Just how it's like, oh, I caught you. Look, I'm fast. It's like, eh, yeah, all right. Yeah, it wasn't so great. Like um, the only one who was good when he was growing up was uh, Freddie. I can't remember who is the character that. Who's the actor that he was playing for, growing up, Freddie? Oh, it's a dude from the OC, uh, Adam. Uh, uh, damn it! Like I've seen him. Adam Brody. Stuff. Adam Brody. There we go. Adam Brody. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I, I liked superhero Freddie, and and like watching like Pedro and Eugene as these like superhuman dudes, like that was pretty funny because they were still like themselves. Where he's like, "Oh, I've got the voice," and he's doing like Mortal Kombat shit and all that. Like. Yeah. That was oh, cool. the, the actual Hadouken was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. I just thought, like, it was funny, though. I thought, like, why'd they need another actress to play, like, superhero Mary? Like, I thought, oh, they'll just use that same actress because she's already kind of, like, whatever, 20, and they'll just make her look like she would normally look rather than trying to make her look yeah. like she's supposed to be a high school girl. It's like, no, nope, we're going to have 40-year-old Mary Marvel instead. Yeah, she's 22. The actress who plays her is 22. Yeah, see, I thought mm-hmm. they'd just be like, oh, she's just going to be, like, a more... I don't know. No, glamorous is not the word. Yeah. But, you know, like they're going to be like, oh, this is like you're not playing a kid now. You're yeah. like, ta-da, this is what, like, because Shazam's meant to be like your ultimate potential. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. but like, yeah, it's like, now nah, we got like 40-year-old Super Mary, whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I like to, to think that you, you maybe don't even achieve your full potential until you're about 40 because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on it. God damn it. <laughs> You're trying, Tim. It's, you're a, trying. it's a peak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greg, yeah, Greg, you're just like, you're just now getting to your final form. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'd rather just be a more glamorous version of like my 22 year old self, please. <laughs> rather, like, no, this is my superhero. Fucking that's right. You have, to, you have to be 40. And, and the yeah. actress that they got to play, uh, if do we want to call her Mary Marvel? Um, sure. Yeah, um, Michelle Borth, born August nineteenth, nineteen seventy eight. So she was probably exactly forty. When yeah, they she is the movie. forty per yeah. uh, Wikipedia. So there you go. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Megan Good is who played uh, the adult Darla, who's thirty seven. So yeah, they they went to the late thirty, early forties. Yeah, that's that's. The but thing, that makes man. sense though. Not, yeah. That was oh, that makes sense because she's like this little like six year old girl. So it's like okay, yeah. you're gonna have an adult, but like sort of like they're all kids and they become adults, and then it's like oh, Mary's kind of already an adult, and then now she's just like forty year old. I also love I that know. that when when uh, Billy turns into Shazam, he has no idea how old he is, <laughs> and he's just like, "I'm your age, probably." <laughs> yeah. I'm like mid twenties. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe thirty. Yeah. 
Those gags were great. You, you know what's funny is the guy that got to play Eugene growing up is 28. Oh, that's not, yeah. He's too young. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I honestly thought like those characters would only be set up for a sequel or maybe like teased in, in a lean like a post-credits post, uh, scene like we were talking about before. But it seemed like, like nope, we're, we're going for it. Yeah. Just um, It reminded me of like Aquaman again because it seems like these filmmakers at DC now, they're like they're not leaving anything to chance. They're not... They're not doing a Green Lantern again, like we said before. And they're like, oh, we'll set up Sinestro for a movie that never happens. It's like Aquaman. They're just like, well, what villains did they use? All of them. What parts of the comics did they use? All of it. All of it. It's like, we might only have one shot at this Shazam thing. So if The Rock's not going to be in it, you better throw the fucking Marvel family in because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So, and that was, yeah. as, as much as it was kind of a, I mean, I guess these, these guys are sort of like, the original Power Rangers, right? Like, how, how far does a Marvel family go back? Uh, they were in the comics, like, yeah. way back. So they're in, like, the, those 50s, 60s comics. Because yeah. there's a whole thing. And it's like you said, Jared, like, the seventh one is essentially Black Adam. So it's like, the you know, the six good good guys and the one bad character. So, yeah. But it just seems like, yeah, of all the, of all the things that, that they wanted to use, they thought, well, we better just use them all now, except for Black Adam. But that's because... I guess the, when the rock speaks, you listen. In I guess even like I haven't read many of the comics, but I think a lot of the the origin story that we got for Savannah actually happens to Black Adam in the comics. Um, in the in the newer like New Fifty Two Rebirth era stories, well, Black Adam just always seems to be like that that guy now that wants to sneak in and take advantage of any sort of political unrest anywhere. It's like something happens and it's like, oh, Black Adam's going to turn up in a minute now just to be like, oh, uh-huh, I could take over or I'll, 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 this is my chance to make a move against the world. And it seems to be sort of, yeah. It's not, sort of not quite like the, territory. Not, not like the Magneto heel turn in every X-Men movie now, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More turns in the big show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but also, I just think, yeah, I mean, black spoilers for Doomsday Clock, but like Black Adam even turns up in that now, or because it's like, oh, the you know that the 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 hands are inching closer to the Doomsday Doomsday Clock and all this kind of thing, and it's like, oh, so of course Black Adam's going to turn up and sort of create civil unrest around the world with his followers. Hmm. Oh, I also yeah. thought that uh, when when Dr. Savannah shows up to murder his dad in that, in the dogma esque uh, boardroom scene. Yes. I was, <laughs> <didn't> yeah. <laughs> you, didn't say God bless. you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. <laughs> I did think of that when, when, yeah, I was well, waiting for him to come out and have some sort of God bless you moment with yeah. the, the little, the guy at the desk. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so just... good. <laughs> and John Glover. We didn't mention John Glover. He got to be in this movie, but yeah, a bit wasted. Yeah. Like anyone that's seen Smallville knows how awesome he is in that. Or Gremlins too. Uh, we know how good John Glover is, but he sort of just got to be shitty dad rather than, I don't know. He could have been a good villain somewhere. So He could have been the wizard too. That would have been cool. Oh, but the uh, but I thought the Savannah logo was, was deliberately made to look like a swastika. I don't know if anybody else felt it was because it was like a very squared S and it's turned at a 45 degree angle. Oh, now I need to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it, like I, I noticed a lot of this extra stuff the, the second time I watched the movie. And then I went back and figured out that, that one of uh, 
Shazam's earliest enemies was a character actually called Captain Nazi, who, who was like the original bad guy who crippled Freddie Freeman. Oh, <laughs> yep. Just hanging out with uh, Tawny Tiger and the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be a reference to that too, surely, that he wanted a tiger as a kid. Oh, yeah. There, there, was, there was, he had a tiger on his backpack as well. There was a bunch of different uh, tiger mm. imagery throughout. <laughs> All right, well, let's sort of, what do you think? Final thoughts for the movie. Like, personally, I thought it was it was okay. Like, I liked it, but I don't know. I, I thought, like, Aquaman, if we're going on the DC movies, I thought Aquaman was better. I thought Wonder Woman was better. And I don't know. Like, honestly, if I had to watch something again, I, I'd probably even watch, like, Man of Steel or even maybe even BBS again before I, I watch this. Like, I liked it, but I don't know how much I could, like, re-watch it. So. Well, but I will say, though, I think kids would really like it so if like if that's the case and, and kids love it um it's definitely a win for dc i, I don't think half the dc movies are rewatchable like i have no desire to rewatch any of the the man of steel or batman versus superman or anything like that wonder woman yes aquaman i could probably be talked into it i i thought this movie was more enjoyable to watch it may not be the better movie but i you know I thought it was more enjoyable experience. Like it didn't, it wasn't it's too long. Yeah. It was, it was more fun. It wasn't like, oh God, gotta, gotta get through this. And, and the, the corny elements of it seemed to be fit. It, whereas, you know, especially Aquaman, there was a lot of corny stuff that just seemed shoehorned in. This it kind of, fit the movie structure so it worked for me so i i think i'd still have it wonder woman than this but it's it's still to me the only dc movie that really gives you permission to like superheroes the, the one that says like it's it's okay because even in wonder woman like she's on this crusade to basically go murder a guy who we know like we know is not going to be Ares. she's like she's like her her whole thing as much good as she's doing and as much as we as much as we like her and what she represents we know that ultimately she's going to go murder a guy with a sword and it's going to be the wrong guy. And, and it is, and it's, you know, and we have to kind of <laughs> struggle with that, right? Like every well, single one of the DC in, wrong in quotes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not like he didn't fucking deserve yeah, it. it. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just that her motivation is, is off. It's, go the yeah. fuck up, Tim. Yeah. Go the fuck up, Tim. Wonder woman kills the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Wonder woman will kill just any, any fucking, World War One German, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, I, don't, I don't know why she didn't uh, just just like cut Doctor Poison's head off when she had the opportunity. Like, that's um, uh, it's sticking together, yeah, Tim. Right, but Shazam, like, it's yeah, it's, it's <laughs> all women in these movies. Yeah, it's it's the first movie that finally says like, okay, it's it's okay to have superheroes. It's okay to be a superhero, and and it, like, there's there's some some wholesomeness to it, and even though I felt like it wasn't as funny to watch the second time around. Like I, I laughed a lot the first time, but the jokes kind of, you know, watching it two times in quick succession. It's, it's not, did you, cause you also saw it twice. I, I thought some of the joke, I yeah. still laughed at a couple of things, it, it, especially like the, the, like I said, the scene when they're floating in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was good. Yeah. I, I still thought, you know, some of the stuff with Darla was good. The, the, the exploding light bulbs as he's putting them on the tree because yeah. uh, Shazam, you know, he changes like some of the, that stuff still seemed to work. Like I, I don't oh, yeah. think you could watch it ten times and still yeah. laugh, but 
I saw it about a week apart and still thought it was it was enjoyable. Like it it wasn't as big chuckles, but he never gets in trouble for putting holes in the ceilings of places either. Like no, like nobody's like, hey, uh, why's the roof leaking? Well, why are you gonna, yeah. Nobody's going to suspect that it's Billy. Like, I guess that's true. I, I like how though it didn't take the roof off the house when he did that. Yeah, but but like it, it blew the roof off the bathroom. When, when the guy went running, like, that one still had me laughing. It was when the guy comes running out of the bathroom. Yeah, there's some there's some cool moments in the in the comics where like Shazam sort of or Billy essentially uses the the lightning as a weapon in yeah. certain uh, at certain times. Well, he did you know, like someone will have hold times. of him and he'll just you know say Shazam and cause the lightning yeah. belts them at the same time. Yeah. But, but I think we, we needed a movie like this to come into the DC universe and say, like, okay, su- superheroes belong in the world, goddammit. Like, we're going we're yeah. to stop wondering about that now. Like, we, and I guess, like, Justice League kind of, you know, it, it failed to get that message across, right? Like, yeah. that, that's sort of, you know, very much like BVS should have been about the redemption of Batman. Uh, Justice League should have been about the idea that, you know, Superman is, is here to be a force for good and... and you know, the yeah, world is like worth... the Incredibles, where it was kind yeah. of you know they're trying to how they sort of redeem superheroes in that kind of for five minutes, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they go hiding again, but yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so yeah, all in all, I liked it, like we said, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm uh, maybe just because we've got Endgame coming up and things like that. It's maybe just sort of a it was like, yeah, okay, we'll watch this. I'll do for now. Type thing. So. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough timing to, to come yeah. out in. You know, I think I think it's gonna. It's it's certainly doing better than probably Hellboy is going to do. Oh, it, I think it's it, it even, beat Hellboy yeah. this week. This is the second weekend Shazam's been out, and it beat Hellboy's first weekend. And Hellboy is, by all accounts, I've heard just abysmal. Just mm-hmm. yeah, or it or the, look good. at the very least, like, I've heard it's kind of a hot mess. But I like I like Neil Marshall enough to kind of want to go see it anyway, and I like I mean I just like Hellboy enough. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I have to tell you, maybe we'll go see it because we have the A-list, but yeah. otherwise I would not be paying money we're, for we're, it. We're going to go see it. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's inevitable. It's yeah. And yet again, Tim <laughs> j- drags me to a it'll horrible be, it'll be It'll be Wednesday night. And then, and then I'll, of course, I'll walk out of it like just, just smiling and having had a great time, and Jared will just be so pissed off. I'll be like, fuck you, Tim. It'll be, it'll be Transformers night. the last night all over again. Oh, fuck. God. <laughs> still, still the second best Michael Bay Transformers, goddammit. Oh, God. <laughs> You have a thing for shitty movies. Yeah, well, that 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 one for for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. See, that could be argued as well. Like, grow the fuck up, kids. Optimus Prime murders people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bumblebee can fucking talk if he wants to. Oh, yeah, he just doesn't yeah. want to. Yeah, <laughs> he can he can stop anytime he likes. Yeah, he just doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and also, never forget, like even though you have transforming alien robots who can do just about anything, they're still not as cool as helicopters. Helicopters are the fucking coolest. <laughs> if only they had transformers that turned into helicopters. Yeah, they don't. Oh wait, they, they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of them turns into a helicopter and a car. But yeah. yeah. And don't forget the creepy sex storylines that Michael Bay likes to weave in there. Underage yeah. girls. And... I don't think they didn't have that in the last night. That was. was like, am I con- no, I thought that was. I think it was just like like Star Lord's hot mom. Like it's it's all. 
No, I thought that was that was that was the one before. That was that, before. was that was Age of Extinction. Oh, that's the, that's the one yeah. where the daughter's with the yeah pedo boyfriend. And and then and then T J Miller gets like turned into human barbecue in this really bizarre. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My friend can't stand T J Miller, and we're watching that Transformers <laughs> movie in the theater. And like, just as he gets burnt to shit, my friend just leans over to me and goes, thank God. <laughs> but <laughs> he just had enough. It's, it, but it's such an unnecessarily grisly death, like in a movie where people are probably bringing their kids. It, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like Superman snapping necks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they can be started on that. No, but, There's but basis su- for that. Superman had to do it. Yeah, grow up, Greg. That's Girl right. Super Sna- Superman snaps next. Yeah, Superman oh, wow. snaps next. He does kill Zod in Superman too. So, yeah, it's not like he never did anything bad. Anyway. Like, yeah. Anyway, let's get out of here before uh, before we get struck by lightning, and uh, <laughs> with Shazam. But uh, yeah, so follow us all on on Twitter. The show is at Unfunny and Tangent. I'm at Greg T13. Jared is at SuperJew75. Tim is at Tim Agni, and over on AttackOfTheDad.com, where you can look at him. Opening all kinds of DC merch yeah. <laughs> through, through his YouTube channel, and uh, as always, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Head over to thesteelcageshop.com for the greatest T-shirt you've ever seen, Mon Milfma. And um, on a side note, we'll give a huge shout out to Casey Spivey for, for from our uh, Captain Marvel episode for uh, modelling our shirt for us this past week. Um, yeah, check out Casey's stuff over at whatstrending.com and on Twitter at hey underscore case with a K. Uh, I think we can now say that uh, she is the queen of soft style. So before we go, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to uh, to your podcasts. And last but not least, over at unfunnynerdtangent.com, uh, take a look at my latest article. It's part one of three of my Avengers Endgame predictions. Um, having a bit of a guess there to see who's going to live, who's going to die. There's uh, a few characters in in this one that um, might not make it out. So check that out over at the website there and uh, look out for part two coming later this week. But until then, that is it for episode 74 of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. My name is Greg and for Jared and Tim, thanks so much for listening. And remember, kids, fucking caterpillars. Shooting star leaping through the sky